0: This is Wholesaling Houses Elite, the no fluff and BS podcast with tips and tricks to help you become an elite wholesaler. Our guest will spill the beans on what it takes to be the best. This podcast is brought to you by Lead Gen Pros, making it incredibly easy for the average real estate investor and business owner to get more leads. They work with a variety of companies who specialize in real estate investing and who are looking for a systemized way to increase their lead flow and grow their business. If that sounds like you, check out theleadgenpros.com. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of my podcast. It's Wholesaling Elite Podcast. I am Max Maxwell, and in front of me... I have a guest, a special guest, someone that I actually call my mentor, somebody that I look up to, somebody you may have heard me refer to. And if you've been to any of the we Live events, we Live 18 or 19, this is the guy that speaks last because he drops bombs over Baghdad or bombs over we Live, I should say. <laughs> uh, welcome to the podcast, Mr. Robinson, Mr. Tony Robinson Sr. How you doing?
1: I'm doing great. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. So for you that don't know, Mr. Robinson is actually the father of one of my best friends and somebody I call a brother. T-Rob, you may know him as Tony the Closer. So this is his father, and I call his father the GOAT um, in this game. And I'm lucky to have him as a personal mentor here locally in Winston-Salem. And for you that have seen this office before, this podcast center before, you know there is a Monopoly board embedded into my table. And he's actually the reason for a Monopoly board. And this is a Winston-Salem Monopoly board. But welcome to the show, Mr. Robinson. I am glad to be here. This is a long time coming. We've debated... When we were gonna do this, if we were gonna do this, because you are actually a person that doesn't like the spotlight.
1: No, not really. Yeah, not so you've really. been
0: able to stay under radar for so long mm-hmm. and become one of the best I know in the game. Now, how long have you been in real estate? I
1: have been in the real estate game for twenty-three years now, as of March of last of last month. So twenty-three years.
0: I am forty. I'm thirty-four. So you've been in. You've been in real estate. Longer than my adult life, way longer than my adult life, yeah. <laughs> right, I've yeah. been in, yes, yes, yeah, yes. So, how let's talk about how you got started. So your background. you Were you born into money and being able to get in real estate? No, no indeed, no, <laughs> no, indeed, Wait, not mean, at all. You didn't have a million dollar no, trust fund,
1: no, no, I didn't have a million dollar trust fund. I, I grew up in Washington, DC, raised by pretty much by my mom, single parent. Uh, for the most part of, in my life, um, went into the military in 1978 and uh, was uh, traveled through, of course, all over the country. Uh, uh, was down in Fayetteville, North Carolina on my last tour. Retired from Fort Bragg, 82nd Airborne. 82nd. 82nd Airborne, that's right. Retired in 1994, took an early retirement so that I could get out here and start my new life mm-hmm. and uh, came up here to actually work in the Winston-Salem area in a uh, in Moxville, uh, right outside of Winston-Salem, to work as a fleet manager and an environmental health and safety manager. Okay. Uh, so, uh did that, f- so it's, I think that was August of 1994, sometime in November of 1996 saw a Carlton Sheets infomercial.
0: And that's crazy. We were just talking about Carlton Sheets with Justin and how he's like the the goat, right? Like, right. he's like the guy that brings everybody in. So if he brought right. you into real estate, tell me the story of that or oh, how you found him.
1: Well, basically, he found me. <laughs> uh, so, uh, of course, I was working as a fleet manager, and it seemed like every time I would be, you know, turn on the television, whether it was late at night, early morning, or whatever, that Carlton Sheets infomercial would be running. And I would hear it, but I had no aspiration of doing anything in real estate. Didn't know anything about any real estate. Truth be told, uh, Uncle Sam had housed me for a military career, so I never had to worry about housing. Used to that, yeah. That's right. And then when I came up here to work, the company that I worked for actually gave me a house as a part of my employment <laughs> package. So you so, never had to worry so about So I never it had to adult. worry about a house. And so this infomercial was running; seemed like it would be running constantly. Every time I turn on, late night, early morning, and I just took for granted that these people were on there lying. I hear people sitting there talking about their net worth, and mm-hmm. you know, I went from having zero dollars to now I'm sitting in front of this mansion and I'm taking all these vacations. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, these people are telling a bunch of lies and whatever. But I think eventually, I um, uh, I saw that I think the program back then was like 169 dollars. In four payments. Mm, Okay. So I was sitting there like, okay, $169 paying for four payments and basically 90 days or your money back guaranteed. So it's a win-win. Right. And, you know, we like get money back. So I'm like, okay, this thing ain't going to work, so I'm going to get my money back (laughs) in a few days. Well, actually, what happened is I I bought the program, listened to it. Back in that time, it was... Cassette tapes.
0: hold long wait for, for for most of you guys? Cassette not, tapes. Y'all ain't even. <laughs>
1: y'all haven't even seen none of that stuff. Cassette go, tapes. You know they were. You know when they screw up, you trying to. You put a pencil in <laughs> there. Trying to get them wound back up. Go
0: Google cassette tapes in case you guys are not <laughs> right. sure what those are. And
1: I know some of the people on here probably don't know nothing about cassette tapes. But anyway, I had cassette tapes and actually VHS tapes. Uh,
0: for, go Google that, guys. <laughs> Baker, if you, you find you, one of those, let you, me know. We're looking you, for one. To put in the creative space so we can watch my friend you Derek's go, highlight tape.
1: You're going to make me feel old. But anyway, <laughs> I watched all the tapes, and I'm one of those people that's very anal and very, you know, my attentive span towards something that I want to make work for me. Particularly if I spend a dime, it's going to work. Mm-hmm. So I um watched all the tapes and went through all the books and everything, and within 90 days I bought my first home. And I bought the first home for myself and my son to live in. And so – um it was amazing that I went to closing at like 9.30 in the morning, uh, didn't have a dime out of pocket. I remember sitting at the closing table when the attorney was going through the HUD statement and all the zeros were in my column. And then actually also I had went back at 2.30 that afternoon and I got a check for $7,500. So I bought a house and That's put $7,500 in my pocket. <clears throat> And so that was the start of me knowing that this real estate investing was something that I could do. Uh, and so from there I went out and bought some other, bought several other houses, bought about four houses, got real proud of myself and start toot my horn about how great thou art. Yeah. And uh, kind of like went like basically at turtle speed towards actually doing what I could do with building, it, I, well. building it up, building up a portfolio. Mm-hmm. But, um, You know, that was then that I said that that thing was calling me. But I know now. You know, if you know me, for some of you've heard me speak before, um, you know I'm I'm, I believe in Jesus Christ, and I believe that that was God calling me to what He would have me do.
0: Yeah. So you're now working as a a safety officer for a big company. Correct. And. You get to the point now where the Carlton, I guess the, the one sixty nine was worth it. It was more than worth yeah, it. Yeah. So you got yes. you buy your first house, right? How what, like how did you buy? Was it a, a bank loan, sub so owner finance?
1: Actually, that was on. An, it was a house that was on an MLS that had been reduced, mm-hmm. and so I was going through following a program and say look for houses on MLS. You know that was one of the strategies back in to, the days. Back in the day, you can look for houses mm-hmm. where it had been significantly reduced, and so uh, the house had been reduced by about. $10,000. Matter of fact, it had been reduced twice. Mm-hmm. And so, I just called him at the right time.
0: And and you did some type of deal where you got it financed and you got you got
1: 7500 back. Well, I got $7,500 back. So, the way, you know, the, I don't know how all that stuff worked at closing then, but basically <laughs> what I did was I contracted it, had the seller leave, a bunch of different items in the house. So, mm-hmm. all the things that he taught that he taught in the program. I probably used every one of them. Actually, to the extent that when I made the offer originally, because it was so low, the real estate agent that I was working with, because I actually went, it was on listing books, so I went through an agent to do it, the whole thing. And uh, he didn't even want to submit the offer. Because it was so low. Because it was so low. He said, you don't don't really want this house. And I said, "If if I'm correct, then it's your job to submit the offers regardless, right? And so he submitted the offer. Of course, the offer was rejected. Originally, they countered. And then I counted back and I've, I counted back at about and raised my price by about $237. <laughs> to
0: cover the Carlton Sheets
1: course. No, and I actually did 237. That's real. I did like an odd number, $237 and cents on an offer as if I had calculated something yeah. to, the, to the dollar. And he, when he, he told me, this is not going to work. You don't really want the house. And I remember hanging up the phone with him and he called me back 20 minutes later and said, we're under contract.
0: Wow. So, Carlton Sheet was worth. Have you ever been able to meet him in person? I've never,
1: I've never met him in person. But I, you know, basically, you know, if if anyone one hears me talk about my story, then I always say that was the origination of me getting started in real estate. Of course, uh, I've spent well over two hundred fifty thousand dollars plus in other education education with the gurus that you call them throughout the nation. Yes. So,
0: this question now you're you're working at a job. Yes. Getting decent salary. Mm-hmm. And now you're getting into this real estate stuff. Do you have a split decision to where you got to say you got to pick one or the other? or How does that work for you?
1: Well, I, so I started doing real estate in 96 and bought that house in March of 96. And then I started buying other properties and I actually stayed a jo- stayed on the job for how long. So I, I actually left the job where they assisted me in leaving <laughs> in March of 2004.
0: So you, so you were buying real estate for 20 years, basically. For, well, I was buying real estate for, from 96 to, to, to yeah.
1: 2004, so for eight years. Eight years. And I should have been able, I could have walked away probably five years earlier and been fine. but Because you were getting t- retirement,
0: well, you weren't old enough to get retirement pay, were you? Well, I was getting military retirement oh, pay because, because I got an early, right. early retirement right. pay,
1: so... Early retirement check. So, yes, I was getting military retirement. So I could walk away at any time, and it's just like I tell people now that I've realized that since I've been in the business that sometimes we just don't want to turn loose the peanuts. Mm-hmm. And we allow someone else to tell us what our value is by what they're willing to pay us.
0: But you you, you didn't end out bad. No, no, I didn't end out bad at <laughs> all. But, but you're yeah. saying in hindsight you probably could have left a little bit earlier yeah. and would have built that wealth much earlier, much, probably even more. Yes, yes. Because of the timing of the up and downs of market C- saying, Correct, correct. Okay, that makes sense. So there's a there's a lot of people that watch this podcast and mm-hmm. listen to this podcast that that are in the situation now where they have a great W two paying job, mm-hmm. right? Uh, a good friend of mine, Brian O'Rigoo, you know him. Yes, he was in that similar situation. What do you say to people that have? one foot in REI or want to put one foot in REI and then also have the other foot in corporate America where they're making good money.
1: Well, I guess the thing that I would tell everybody, each and every person has to make that decision on their own. Max Max Maxwell can't tell them and Tony Robinson can't tell them because because, (laughs) if you quit and it don't work out for you, I'm not going to write a check for you for your bills. But what I tell people is to make an assessment of where you are and how much money do you actually need to live on. Base and and then know what you're doing in your current business, what you're doing right now.
0: Now, now when you say that, because I, I talk about this a lot too, and I just want to try to dissect most of this because mm-hmm. a lot of people love the details when we Correct. talk about. When you say if you if it's a battle decision for you, find mm-hmm. out how much money you want to live on. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean the two cars? the four bedroom house when it's two people or are you saying get to bear necessity or are you saying whatever makes you happy?
1: Well, you have to know what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. So you know what you need to live on, you know the lifestyle you want to have. And so when you can say that this real estate investment game that you're playing replaces that income, mm-hmm. then you, then, the, then that's it. That's you, that's your exit strategy. So I, pre, you know, prepare yourself, you know, you have maybe insurance needs and costs, mm-hmm. uh, the, Cost of housing and living, uh, and just, you know, just general taking care of yourself. So uh, you have to know where you are in the game. I know a lot of people get out here and you start doing your wholesaling or whatever. And the thing that I would say is, how many checks do you have to get? How many 15, 20, $30,000 checks, $5,000 assignments do you need before the light bulb goes off and says, hey, you know, When you look at it overall, you know, if you know me, Max, I'm always quoting statistics. So I always tell people this, you know, when we Mm. decide that we're going to let people decide what what our value is, is that Mm. out of 100 people who start working when they turn 25, when they turn 65, 1% are wealthy. That means they have a $5.7 million net worth or better. 4% have adequate capital for retirement, meaning they have enough money to take care of themselves and their family. Mm. 3% are still working. 63% 63% dependent on friends, social security, the government and everything else. And then 29% are dead. So when you take those statistics, that's doing it the American way. That's going to school and doing the calculator. best you can and going to college. And so that you can get out here and be a doctor, a lawyer, whatever floats your boat. What well, bottom line is out of all of those people, included in those statistics, that's mm-hmm. from the U S Bureau of Labor and statistics out of a hundred people who start working at age 25, when they turned 65, only five, actually have enough money to take care of themselves and their family. Mm. So many of us, we operate on fear. You know, we're worried about this and worried about that. If you're going to be f- afraid of anything, I tell people, be afraid of those that. statistics. I'd rather take a chance. Most of us, you know, probably the majority of your audience is young enough to fail 10, 15 times yeah. and recover. So what do you have to lose?
0: Because you look at me as a young buck in this game, which I am, and right. then I look at people that look at me, and I see them 21 years old, and they're making twenty, thirty thousand dollars 30000 a month, and they're like, I just want to do more. I just want to do more. I'm like, well, you, you're like you got so much time to fail. You, you're, right. you're ten years ahead of me. You're, <laughs> you know, you're right. well off. So I I agree with that. It's it's uh, there's enough time for a lot of people to fail, but they're afraid of it.
1: They're afraid. They're afraid. And like I said, sometimes you just have to look at yourself. Uh, I think, you know, of course, you know, I do real estate mentoring and coaching mm-hmm. as well. And sometimes what I've found, particularly as I've been mentoring individuals is that sometimes we put a cap on our own abilities. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I believe that God gave us the ability to be and do all we can be and do. And a lot of times what I think is that we, we sell ourselves short based on generational things. You know, my mother never had anything. My father never had anything. So I'm doomed to never yeah. have anything. And I think that there's a bigger plan for us than that.
0: So you, you're you now going down that road. You retire from your full-time job, and you decide, hey, look, this real estate stuff for me. Well, they retired me. They, 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 they assisted me. you out the they, door. They, they
1: assisted me out the door, and that was a gracious thing. I had already said that I was going to quit at the end of 1994. Uh, at the end of two, two thousand four, I'd already told my uh, regional vice president that I'm out here at the end of this year, and it just so happened, uh, I, there were some things going on that I didn't really like that, and in what I was having to do with my job, like most people. And uh, one night, I decided that I was going to complain about it, and I complained about it through an email, mm-hmm. and I sent an email out protesting. And they let me know the next day that hey, your value is, is has ended here at this company. So <laughs> they escorted me out. It was funny because the the day that I actually uh, I, I sent an email at like eleven fifty nine on a Tuesday night, and they sent someone from Houston, Texas, to come see Corporate. me on Wednesday morning, and when I, I mean the next day. Uh, so they called me the next morning and said, hey. Uh, we're sending someone out to see you this afternoon. Uh, they want to meet you at the Greensboro Airport Marriott at 530. Can you be there? And I'm like, what are they coming for? He said, well, we, they need to come talk to you about the issues you have. And said, I said, so they're coming to fire me. Nobody's coming. Because I have to be fixing a phone on, call. On, right, on the, right, you could talk on the phone. It was funny because I, I got an opportunity to actually clean my own office. Mm-hmm. And so it was ironic that on that particular day, Tony – my son just showed up. Tony the up. closer. Tony the closer shows up just to visit me at the job. He shows up, hey dad, how what's going on? I said, Boy, I'm fired. Get to grab some of them boxes <laughs> over there. We got to get out of here. So he grabbed boxes and helped me get out of the out of the building. But you know, that's just how it
0: worked. Then. But you you needed that push, but you was ready to go anyways.
1: Right. I was ready to go anyway, but that I probably you know and, and if that hadn't happened, it's just like many people, you know, we just, sometimes it's a struggle when you, some people that, that I tell people sometimes in life, this is something that I read that there's two doors in life. There's one mark freedom and one mark security, security, meaning that nine to five, you know, every, you're going to go to that nine to five and every two weeks you have guaranteed paycheck. Mm -hmm. And when you choose that door, you actually lost both. You lost your freedom and your security Because someone else is controlling the shots for you.
0: I've been looking at a way to explain that. And that's that's a good way. Two doors in life. Security and freedom. When you choose security, which is that W2, 9 to 5, you actually lose both. You
1: lose both. You lose both. Because most of the time we don't realize uh, when we choose to just let someone else exchange hours for dollars, I call it. Mm -hmm. Uh, We let somebody else control our circumstances. And many of us go on jobs as if we're gonna be there till we decide to leave. Correct. You know, and of course you know when if the job, if the profits you know, that the profit's not what it's supposed to be or whatever, then the first thing we start looking at is cutting back people or whatever, and then you're just in a number. And so many of us go on jobs as if we're gonna be there till we get tired. And then, you know, when you when you look at it overall, those statistics I talked about. That's how we end up in those statistics. Here you worked, on, you worked for somebody and you gave them 35, 40 years. Now you got that gray stuff in your head and on your face. And then they tell you you're done and you were making whatever your number is, $25 an hour, $30 an hour. And now you're 40 something, 50 something years old. And you're going out to try to get a new job and they tell you they're going to pay you, they're going to start you off at $15 an hour.
0: So let me, let me get this correct. We're, we're saying that the American dream way, currently the way it sits, I think it's changing as you and I are speaking, Correct. is to go to school, get a good education, and get a good job. Correct. And then you can retire and live great. Right. But you're saying the Department of Labor Statistics says yeah. out of 100 people, so out percentile, how many of us are able to actually live our life after we retire? So we said, so basically...
1: Percentage percentage wise, you're gonna have one percent that's wealthy. Four percent having adequate capital for retirement. So that, so that's five 5%. people that's set. They can take care of themselves and their families. Three mm-hmm. percent still working. Mm-hmm. So you're 65 and you're still giving it all you got. And then 63 percent still you know depend on friends, social security, the government. So the average social security check being somewhere from a thousand to 1,200 bucks a month and then 29% dead.
0: So so out of 100 people out of 100% of America only 5% can take care of themselves? 5%. So that put put that in perspective. If you line up the story of the American dream and the statistics, the actual numbers, it don't make it don't add up. So the American up. dream, and I hate to label it that because America's great, but the 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 whole thing is it's a it's it's fake. It's fake. It's fake.
1: Here, here goes. Here goes. Here's a good. I'm looking at something now. In 2016, the number of people earning less than thirty thousand dollars made up 4933 percent of the population. So, less than how much? So, almost half the population makes less than thirty thousand dollars. And I but only five percent made better than a hundred thousand dollars.
0: So the Facebook is not real, then an Instagram that, that, is not that's real. real. So, so you're saying everybody on Instagram that looking like they got all that money ain't real. Well, I don't know, <laughs> you know, because hey. there's a lot. I mean, just in the social world now, it right. seems like everybody's doing great. Right. But statistics show that's not true. That's not true. So, I, and and I bring this up, and I want to go into detail about it because it's the reason. It it was the light bulb for me when I figured out that. There's no, there's no alternative. This job thing is not going to really work. Right. My parents told me a lie, not on purpose. Right. They just don't know. Right. So to to force you to go to school to get, I didn't go to college, but they wanted me to go. I went right. to the military like yourself. But statistically, I'm going to lose if I choose that path. You're going to unless lose. I'm Superman and I can join
1: the five percent. You're going to lose. And what I tell people as well with that staying in, staying in the realm of what we're talking about is that. You know, people have a way, parents, uncles, aunts, and whatever, they see, they, you know, all of those folks see value in what somebody else is willing mm-hmm. to pay you. And that's what you, you know, they see your worth in what somebody was willing to pay you. You know you know me, and Max, I, you know, I'm not hurting them for anything. We mm-hmm. definitely, you know, we have seven businesses, you know, multi million dollar businesses that yeah. we have. And the thing that I see, I tell people all the time is I still have some family members that can come to North Carolina today mm-hmm. and ride around. I can say, I own that house. We own that house. Matter of fact, we go around the corner. I own that house. I own that house. I own that <laughs> house. And they'll get back and to say, I can't believe that boy left that good job. Yeah. Because they can't believe you left the job.
0: Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Now here's one thing I don't like to talk about and don't like to reveal so I won't ask your net worth I won't ask how many properties you control or own Mm -hmm. and I say control because he controls things not owned a lot Mm -hmm. Um, would you put yourself just with your real estate business in the 5% of America oh I'm definitely in the 5% you're in the 1% I'm
1: definitely in the 5% I don't know what you're gonna do (laughs)
0: So, I'm laughing. So <laughs> I'm laughing
1: because you know your, your story. I'm telling you. You know everybody has heard your story and starting off and you know coming into my basement and everything. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's just been an amazing journey. I mean, you have reinvigorated me because I'm always telling people I'm ready to pull the I'm ready to pull the plug on all. I this think stuff.
0: when Tony came to Tony and I came to you a year or two ago. I remember when I came to you before I first started, and I was right. like, listen, we need to put all your stuff on YouTube. You're amazing. you was right. like, I ain't going to do that, man. I'm, I'm, I am I'm, want to go to the mountains. Right. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that, a year ago, it. we lit a fire under you, and now you're like, you know, you went to We Live, and I think that was a changing moment. We Live 18 right. was the moment where you stood on stage and said, and I think, and I think that's what made me talk on the subject of We Live 19 is that you were comfortable. You are in the 1% of Americans right. that can take care of yourself Right. Without any assistance, Correct. just through real estate, mm-hmm. but then I think a trigger can. And I'm, you and I never talked about this. I think a trigger in your head said, "I would be selfish if I shut it down right now." Correct. Correct. Because just because you're okay doesn't mean that you can't pass on that knowledge that you have gained through years and a quarter million dollars worth of education. Correct. To other people, so you said it's. You felt like it became your duty to maybe do something I'm doing in a in a in a, in a more grand scale that you have to go out and now tell the game.
1: Correct. And you, like I said, you, your story, of course, Tony's story, you mm-hmm. guys inspired me yeah. to, uh, cause actually I'm, you know, we've talked about this and yeah. I, I don't mind sharing. I shared it for those folks that attended that, uh, we live 2019. Um, sometimes we put people in our own little glass jar of our perception of what they are mm-hmm. and what they're capable of, because I did that with you mm-hmm. and, Pretty much God showed me. He said, you know, matter of fact, I had to laugh. I actually spoke at our uh, one of our Real Estate Investment Association meetings just on last week. Mm-hmm. And as I was speaking, I said, I was telling the story about you inviting me to come to your event. <laughs> and so I'm going to his event. And so when I get there and the magnitude of the event that you had and and so and then listening to my wife say, well, you know, Maxwell's doing this. And, and you know he's having some meetup groups and whatever and I'm like what is he talking about I mean max's been doing real estate for maybe two years and some change <laughs> I mean what are you gonna talk about and so I, I actually caught myself I had to catch myself because I told some people I told them in the, in the meeting last week I said you see what I just did I said that's the same stuff that others do to you and know, I'm not, I, I said I love max I love just like my son I said I love both of those guys I said but I put him in a in a, in a prism that you're going to be judged based on your level of experience from what I perceive. Mm -hmm. And you took something, you know, and ran with it. You put something to, I mean, like I said, uh, I think in one of my slides, Tony Robbins quote says that people will actually do something based on either inspiration or desperation. Mm hmm. And you were in a desperate situation,
0: very much so. And so
1: you had to change your life. And man, you know mm-hmm. that's the, I'm I'm proud of you. I'm proud of the stuff that you, you that you and 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 like Tony have accomplished. I mean, to go into an uh, an event and see all of these people mm-hmm. of all nationalities and ethnic groups that you have, you know, just I, I tell people I said I said I, I said I sold a seed into this guy, and now he's like the Pied Piper of real estate. <laughs> I said he's like the Pied Piper, people following him, and so and and it's amazing. Like I said, because of that, and I know that you're encouraging people that feel like or have seen their value be placed in what somebody else perceives perceives of them, mm-hmm. or uh, or uh, that maybe they've had some rough spots in life and feel like I can't get up. Well, your story resonates with people, and that's what I love about it. I love that you know, hey, you, you tell the story of you having many, multiple failing businesses, yeah, and getting back up. And look look at this I'm in your studio here. It's
0: a beautiful. Thing. <laughs> it's I beautiful. Mean, it's a beautiful, and I think I, I and that's why that's why I do this. You know, I don't have to do this portion of it or these other videos, but a lot of it, I just want people to understand that if it, if I can do it, if you can do it there's no reason that all of us can't do it. At least get our own piece of pie. Now, Correct. their desire may not be multimillion-dollar stuff like that, but they can put their self in that five percentile just by making 150 grand on their own a year. Correct. Right? So you don't have to run multimillion-dollar business because that's not everybody's happy. Right, right. Happy for a person can be like, listen, I want one or two vacations a year. I want this one three bedroom house, and I want passive income to where I don't have to work.
1: Correct, and it's ironic that you said that because you know I'm a I'm a visionary in a lot of cases. So I'm always people say Mr. Robinson always
0: got gimmicks, always. But
1: basically, you know, I'm gonna pull out these monopoly.
0: If you guys are uh, if you guys don't have the pleasure of watching this on YouTube, and you're driving in your car, and you listen to this on podcast or Spotify, he's literally pulling out game boards out of his pocket his his right. It's not (laughs) from his right pocket. I don't know what kind of pants he has on, but everywhere he goes, he got at least three Monopoly boards.
1: Okay, so you you know I always equate this real estate game to play, like playing Monopoly, mm-hmm. but playing Monopoly in real life. And what I tell people... All the time is that you don't have to be. You don't have to aspire to achieve what I've achieved. Correct. You don't have to aspire to be Max Maxwell. You be you, mm-hmm. and you know. And that's the thing I'm always taking, t- trying to you know encourage people with is that you can play Monopoly big
0: in this game, yeah,
1: or you play Monopoly small.
0: That's true. So I didn't. I've and, never and, seen the small. And, and you never seen the small.
1: <laughs> but see if you want to play small, who, who's to say if you if you say that my goal is to eventually own. Ten properties or five properties that pay me a thousand dollars a month mm-hmm. in rent. Mm-hmm. That's five thousand dollars a month. That's sixty thousand dollars a year. I already said that's fifty percent of America made less than thirty thousand dollars.
0: So you're gonna be on the upper. So field. you're
1: gonna be in the upper echelon. So I mean, playing and I, I call that playing small. Yeah. So you just have to set your own vision and go. For and there's what nothing you wrong do. with playing small it, because
0: it, happy is on it, your own happy perspective. Is right. Happy is what you perceive to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's amazing. And I just think I. I think the movement that we're we're creating and letting people be able to see that, and I, I put these things in equations all the time. That you're working for probably less than fifty thousand dollars a year. Do you really vision or really write it down on paper and show what uh, that actually equates to after taxes? Right, right. Like on how little you actually have to do on a, on on your own to equate that. Fifty thousand dollars worth of money. Right.
1: Calculate Uncle Sam getting a third.
0: Correct. Or a little better than a third. You're walking away with thirty five, thirty eight grand, and that's what you actually need to make, but you're giving somebody forty plus hours of your life every single week. We talk about fourteen forty. There's fourteen hundred and forty minutes in a day. Correct. You got to figure out what you're going to do
1: with those minutes. And the thing is, is that most people or a good percentage of people aren't happy with what they're doing. And that's that's the crazy thing. Right. You're not you're not happy and you're not getting paid. Right. Well. You wake up in the morning, you know, put, putting putting the clothes on. Some people, you know, cursing under your breath or whatever yeah. that you got to go to this I've been dog there. Going job. I've been there. Right. And you're mad all day long. You're not happy. But we stay there. Exchanging hours with content. Because with saying- there's two
0: doors in life. Right. And the, the door they chose was security. Security. Now, I'm not telling anybody, and you're not telling anybody to run up and go quit your job and go do whatever you want to do. Because right. the reality is bills still keep coming in. Correct. So you need to have a plan. But mm-hmm. first thing you do is you need to wake up your mind. We right. all talk about ex- exercising our body and mm-hmm. eating healthy. Mm-hmm. What do you feed your mind and how often do you exercise your brain is more important than actually doing your body. Now, yeah, if you don't do your body well, you're going to die. But I'm telling you, exercising and feeding your brain the right information is way more important. Absolutely. Way, way more
1: important. I mean, feeding yourself with positive things. I mean, you know, positive
0: stuff. So for someone like you that didn't grow up rich, you lived up in D.C. I'm pretty sure you didn't live in the the best neighborhood in D.C., in uh, the upper echelon of D.C., what for somebody like you growing up in a different era before me, because I think it's easier for mm, me now correct. to be successful because mm. we have the internet, it's just information's just there. Mm-hmm. For somebody like yourself that grew up um, in in the the d- 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 generation before me, you had to face a lot more obstacles than I'm facing now. Correct. How does somebody like you back then create that new mindset? I can go look at motivation on YouTube. You couldn't do that. How did you? turn that because and i and i say this i'm a former veteran so i know how easy it is to fall into that way of life right and you and it's even surprising that you did something after that right because most people just say i'm gonna live off this check and go cut yards or go paint on the side right what mind frame or what mental thing that you think prepared you or what was that light bulb that made you go from because it's a tough time the generation before to where you are now
1: well i think I've had a constant drive that I was not going to fail Mm -hmm. at anything. And so I always wanted to and strove to actually try to be the best in everything that Mm -hmm. I did. And so I think that drive is what, you know, because sometimes that drive can get you in trouble too. But, you know, (laughs) because you got to know when to turn the switch off and, you you know, you got to know the balance. You can work yourself to death, you know or you can you know you can kind of balance your life and 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 accordingly so that you don't uh so that you get a chance to reap the harvest that you're sowing mm-hmm. on a daily basis and i think for me is just the just l- as i got in this business and started actually going out and 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 marketing and talking to sellers i think the realization actually came to me uh, that this that I needed to make a change and this was going to be where I was going to find my venue to for success was just talking to sellers that were sixty something plus, mm. and I'm buying their house, and they're telling me that they're selling the house because maybe the husband and wife, uh, the, the, you know, I'm I'm at a house talking to the seller, the wife, and she tells me. My, I'm selling the house because my husband's in a rest home and it's costing almost five grand a month. Mm. He makes twelve hundred dollars uh, in Social Security and I make eight. And so those statistics that I talked about earlier, they started resonating my life in my head because I kept saying
0: you started seeing it. In real life. This is
1: real. What these that this these numbers are real. And I'm not going to be like that so that just made me just go the extra level uh you know another you know I had to put it in overdrive that i'm I'm going to go out here grind and do what I have to do if I have to work myself into the ground whatever it is i'm going to make this stuff work for me
0: yeah so what do you tell somebody that is listening to this podcast and I get people that never thought about investing in real estate ever this to mm-hmm. be the first time they've actually had a real heard a real conversation about real estate what do you say to somebody that is looking in an, wakes up angry and goes to work angry and is looking for a change, what do you say to somebody if you were sitting in front of the young me?
1: Well, um, number one is that this is something that definitely will change your life. I mean, you know, if, if one paycheck. Yeah. And so to give you an example, uh, just because you put up a bandit sign mm-hmm. and someone is in dire need of selling their house for whatever reason, they call you out there. And, you know, how many people know that a house is like... Can be like an anchor, mm-hmm. because if you lose your job and you can't pay for it, Wells Fargo is still looking for they don't care. a check every month. Okay, if you if you have if you know if you get sick or whatever and you can't work, you still got to try to pay for that house. And so if you need to move out of town or whatever, same thing. This house, what do you got? Do? What do you? I have to find something to do with it. And so what I tell people all the time is that this is a business that you can. It's a people helping business number one. Yeah, true. You're helping people. And the more you the better you get at understanding that you're in a people helping business, the more money you're gonna make. And so when someone calls you out to a house, for instance, and they want to sell their house so bad that not only are they willing to sell you their house, they sell you their house and pay you to buy it. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've, I've told you, you, you know, I've like shown that. you examples, you know, where I've had clients of mine where people have paid them $30,000, $15,000, $20,000 to be rid of this house and this pain. Mm-hmm. And so is this a great country or what? I mean, can, I mean, where you can buy a nice house and actually have someone pay you for it to boot. So I tell people, you know, the opportunities in this business, um, there's so many different niches that you can get into. You Mm -hmm. can be wholesaling, you can do assignments. If you want to do flips, you can be a, you can be a landlord. You know, there's just so many avenues that you can take and, uh, and find your way and find your path. So, you know, you don't have to exchange hours for dollars, you know, you're a prime example. You know, you you didn't even know what really what know what you were doing. You say you were going went to YouTube university. You talked to me, mm-hmm. went out and put up some signs, and then really didn't even know what to do when they called I, you.
0: I was taking the first step.
1: Right. Taking the first step. And that's all I tell people to do. If you were playing Monopoly, the first thing you have to do is get off a go. You're gonna roll the dice and get off a go. You don't know where you're going after that. Right. Get off go. You never know what the end's gonna be. And I can tell you, it's probably gonna be a lot better than Sitting hanging on, on to that <laughs> nine to five job. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. they're always there. Right. they're always there and i think
0: now hindsight 2020 uh a lot of people have things that they necessarily don't need but they want to get to a goal but they're not willing to give up some things to help them get there right i'm talking about physical possessions and things that they call necessities every month Mm -hmm. that they think they can't afford things right um so i i think we've i think we've covered your background and i think people know who you are now Mm -hmm. um this I, I want to ask a question, selfish question, because I know you talk about responsibility of money. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you've when you've got when you had money? What was what was a dumb purchase you think you bought when you like had something? You was like, This is the first time or second time. You're like, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm rich. I'm gonna you, go you, buy this. You know what?
1: You and it's funny because you just had you were talking to my wife before yeah. I got she, on the phone. How cheap you she said she <laughs> cheats.
0: Well you and know,
1: you should know. I, you know that's the thing about me, Max. I I have I live like no I just live normal. Yeah. Still, I mean I'm I've not been one to go and splurge.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, you know I drive a nice car, but it's not not a brand new car. Yeah. Uh, so I live. I guess I, I guess I'm a Warren Buffett model.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you so know? you don't you never had that that purchase I, I, where you're you like know, oh, I haven't done
1: anything. You know, a motorcycle
0: or no, no, nothing. I, I, no,
1: I just I, you know, <laughs> and that's funny. But but I, I don't knock anyone that yeah. does. But you know that's just how I've lived my life. You yeah. Know? I just. Uh, you know, I I I'd like to see others prosper.
0: He's very very simple life. I know mm-hmm. your house is is looks great.
1: Okay, yeah, like nice. yeah. house, nice. house, nice. <laughs> house
0: is nice. Yeah, his house is real nice. House is nice. So now let's let's go on to some of the strategies because what I consider you, I know you know a lot more, but a couple things that I that comes to mind when I hear your name is you've put a lot of training into your brain, education in your brain, correct. At one point, you were actually a part of legislation and and fighting in Congress on behalf of investors, right? Correct. Can you touch on that just a little bit? Yes. And so
1: one of the things that I found, uh, hopefully I won't make the answer too long, but one of the things that I found when I started actually finding my way in this business is Mm -hmm. that uh, oftentimes you ran into a lot of people that you expected to have a level of competency, Mm -hmm. attorneys, CPAs, and whatever. And I was finding out that, you know, These folks were giving bad advice because they want to put you in like what I call a little cookie cutter template to how we do business. I do business at a whole nother level than most people. And so very complicated, simple to me, but it's complicated for a lot of folks. And so one of the things I want to do is I want to educate myself to the level that I understood or had better than a working knowledge of what every so-called team player on my team was supposed to be doing for me, or 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 their or or, or their
0: level of expertise.
1: So and I, and I want players,
0: know, you're talking about CPAs, attorneys,
1: right? I wanted to know what they knew, and I wanted to know what the attorneys knew. I wanted to know what every every person that we do business with, and, you know, that we do business with. I want to know what you know. I want to, and and not just to the level of being dangerous. I want to know what you know. And so I was one of those people that constantly reading, constantly studying, educating myself because I just wanted to make sure that. You know, I got tired of going to trainings, pay a lot of money, and then come back to North Carolina. I mean, in some cases, just almost I could have ran back from California <laughs> because I was so excited that mm-hmm. I just found a new technique of something, you know, and I was gonna, but couldn't wait to get home to start you implementing it. Mm-hmm. And then I get back here and the attorney says, well, if you're going to be doing
0: that kind of stuff, you know.
1: And I'm like, what do you mean you can't, you can't do it? And so going back to your question, I also want to know the rules, the law. And so to
0: play the game, any game as the best ability, you need to know the you rules. You know the rules. And Basketball rules, football. You correct. Need know, you need to know the rules and know how correct. to play it the when best. When you
1: learn the rules, then nobody can touch you because you can play the game to the utmost. And so one of the things that I wanted to do is, and what I found back early, uh, early two thousands, is that there was a lot of legislation that was being proposed that would actually hinder our business. Mm-hmm. And so hinder like investors, hinder investors, right? Because a lot of legislation was coming down where you know you have one or two bad actors that make it bad for all of us. And so you'll have the you you know your governor or your attorney general's office want to impose you know regulation
0: to on the two bad people, but affect everybody,
1: right? That that affects everybody. And so uh, I got involved with the North Carolina Real Estate Investment Investors Coalition. And basically, what we did was, uh, and that was comprised of real estate uh, investors from all over North Carolina Mm -hmm. to start. And what we did was, we would go to to the to North Carolina uh, to the to our legislative body every year, Mm -hmm. and lobby on behalf of real estate investors to make sure we stayed in business. And then we also went to Washington D.C. and we were involved in like Dodd Frank um, legislation that uh, dealt with like lease options and contract for deeds and subject to. Because, like I said, if it weren't for us having a seat at the table and someone else is making these decisions, we we probably wouldn't be having this podcast right here in North Carolina because we'd be out of business. Yeah.
0: Right. So. So you're 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 pushing along and you're helping the agenda because you want to keep the you know, your livelihood alive and then everybody else that's in it, you guys form together. Mm -hmm. Now, when you when your name comes to mind, I think you're an expert with I know you're an expert with a few things that comes to top of mind for me. One is. Taxes, mm-hmm. right? Um, taxes and tax shelters. I'm not sure if that's the right word, or and and then protection of your assets. Protection of assets, yes. Such as trusts and other things like that. Correct. You're also an expert with form. What type of corporations and LLCs you need that best serve you the purpose? Because everybody, here's one of the things that everybody talks about. To choose your business name. Go get an LLC. But you see the mistake is that most people go out and create a an LLC not knowing the basics. They think if they have one, it's enough protection. Right. But the reality is it's not. It's not even it's a, it, well, it's better than nothing, but you might as well be nothing if you set it up. Right, right. On and, your own.
1: And so what I tell people sometimes is that oftentimes we're we're too cheap in the wrong areas. Mm -hmm. And so we want to, you know, we want to get in a business where we can make all kinds of money, but we want to go on the, on the cheap. We go to secretary of state's website and file file our own forms and whatever. And then we find out the, the worst time to find out that you don't have a company. Is when you need to have a company. When you about to get sued, right? And so, <laughs> you know, you want to make sure you do those things properly, and you make you, and you're working with competent people that actually yeah. give you what you need. Because oftentimes, what happens is, is that you know, if you, even if you listen to your CPA, your CPA is listening. He's trying to protect you from one side. He's probably he's trying to te- uh, protect you from the tax side. Mm-hmm. And then if you go to your attorney, he's trying to protect you from the legal side. Mm-hmm. So somewhere or another, you have to marry those two mindsets up based on what you're actually doing in real estate. Uh, and make sure you have the correct and proper entity structure for what you're doing. So, for instance, if you're going to be, like, wholesaling, uh, of course, one size doesn't fit all, but most wholesalers, because the predominance of everything you're doing is is a sale. Mm-hmm. And sale constitutes you're partnering with Uncle Sam. He's a silent partner in your business. All day long. And so what you'll find is that, you, you know, you're probably paying between federal, state, uh, and uh and uh, social security, FICA, FICA mm-hmm. uh, you, you're paying almost forty two percent. When all is said and done, you're paying about forty two percent on average. So if you do eight thousand dollars assignment, you know almost half your money went to
0: Uncle Sam. So and his partners. But this is where you come in and you say, knowing the rules, right? So what what about somebody like me? I don't want to know all those rules. How do I find How do I find and vet a professional that understands the game I'm playing? Right.
1: What I tell people most of the time is to, is, is to go and, number one, it starts with e- having to Your yourself. own education so you right. know what to so ask. so at least you know what to ask. And then there are certain things that when you ask as you're sitting there interviewing your attorney now, or CPA, I said interviewing. <laughs> you know, I don't go in there like I'm, you automatically have my business. I'm here interviewing you to make sure that we're going to be a fit. Mm -hmm. Okay, so when I start asking you certain questions, I start asking you about componentized componentized depreciation or cost segregation, things of that nature, and your eyeballs start spinning around like this, and I'm going to say, thank you, Uh, (laughs) you're not the one. So, yeah. you know, so but having been able to know the proper questions to ask and that starts with having at least educated yourself in some to some degree in the processes.
0: Yeah. So you, you spent over a quarter million dollars on this type of education. Correct. And I can t- so you be, full disclosure, you've actually set up some of my businesses. I know you set up Tony's businesses and the structures, mm-hmm. the, the the correct tax entity. So I'm not out there butt naked. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, I mean, you have helped me with a lot the type of insurance to get on properties. Mm -hmm. Um, You have taught me sub two contracts. We'll we'll get into that later. But you've taught me so much that, it's 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 that part where the education comes in. Right. And, and you talk about that. Right. So, I tell
1: people all the time, if you think education is expensive, try ignorance because you don't you you, you can't do what you can't do. <laughs> Again, it goes back to I call it the knows What you know, what you don't know and what you don't know, you don't know. So and I didn't, write, them cost y'all didn't write that
0: down. Uh, well, you said if, if you think education it, is expensive, try ignorance. ignorance. Try That's ignorance. a new
1: quote. You need to put that on a quote. It's <laughs> I think it's somebody. It might be someone's quote. Well, it originated I definitely from you right here. I, I definitely <laughs> use it all the time because you, seriously, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah,
0: and it costs you money not to know. And so, um, so people that are in this business, because because I consider, and this is one thing I want your opinion on too. Do should people run around calling themselves wholesalers?
1: No, I, I, I would call myself a, a
0: real estate service provider. Or an investor. Or, or an or... investor, yes. Yeah, okay. So that's, let's put that topic to bed. Stop mm-hmm. calling yourself wholesalers when you're talking to people. It's mm-hmm. more like, hey, I'm a real estate investor. And really wholesale is just an exit strategy. Right. That's just an extra because strategy. Because even though you have buy and holds, you have all this stuff, you have... you. You still wholesale as well yes. sometimes? Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. I wholesale. Not just sometimes. We wholesale all the time. Yeah. I mean, because when you're marketing and if you're marketing in any venue, you don't know what that, you know, leads come in. Yeah. And, and you know, if you know me, I, I believe in a multiple streams of income approach to doing this business. And so there's several boxes that those leads are going to go going to go in. Mm-hmm. And so I got a whole assignment box, a wholesale box, uh, maybe a uh, a rehab box, rehab and flip box. And then we have our rental box and our lease option box, yeah. contract for deed box. And so something's going to fit in one of those boxes. Yeah. I want to so, try to squeeze a dollar out that's of it.
0: That's educating and arming yourself with Correct. tools. So what is, so let's go into some real estate deals because you've taught me so much with the subject too. And I warn people all the time because obviously I get asked, Right. right. What do you think about subject twos? I say, and my answer is, I don't know enough about it to even talk about it in public. Right. Because I don't. Right. I follow the rules and the stuff that you've given me, but I don't, I'm not versed enough to do that. But right. what I want to talk about is you're a master at a few things. One is taxes. One is business structure. One is uh, uh, asset protection, but also structuring deals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what I want to get to, if you can find a slide of a deal that you did that you would just be like, blow people away. I think if you can explain a deal and maybe the, how you got it and the exit strategy, not not for you to guys go out there and try to do this right now, but a deal that made sense where you made so much money or it's long... Whatever you consider your favorite deal.
1: Okay. Um, there's a bunch of different deals. I, I would just show you... Let's just say... Let's just talk about... Let's talk about this one here. Okay. This property uh, that I'm showing here now. I don't know whether you guys, are able yeah, to they see can see that. it.
0: Okay. Uh, this is a property that I took subject to. And now give me the basis of subject to like, so what, what is just the subject real
1: two is simply, uh, uh, buying a property subject to its existing financing. So basically what you're doing is you're taking pretty much, you're just taking over the payments, but not the assuming the loan, not assuming the loan, but taking up, o- taking over the underlying payments. Um, now I always tell people because subject two sounds sexy, it sounds good to be able to just take over property. Uh, way but, more to that. Right. Way, but it's way, 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 way more to it. And you want to make sure that you know, uh, number one, it still has to fit the investment model.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you don't go buy a hundred and fifty thousand dollar house for a hundred and fifty thousand dollars just because somebody's willing to just sign it over to you. Yeah. Still has to make sense. Your numbers still have to work. And the other thing is, is I tell people is that subject two is an is an advanced investor strategy.
0: I say that. that's my exact it's response. An
1: advanced investor strategy. It's not for everybody. And
0: make sure you go get proper education. Right.
1: Because what will happen is, is that a lot of people, you know, have properties deeded over to them and they do this in all kinds of different manners. And they don't do it with the realization that ultimately now I'm the owner of this property. And because I'm the owner now. Just because the loan is not in your name doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. You better be making some payments. You better you better be making some payments. If I tell people all the time, if you took a property subject to and come the first of the month, you got to make a choice between paying your mortgage and paying that subject to, You better be preparing to go ahead and get a, and start camping outside if necessary because mm-hmm. you need to pay that subject to. Yeah, because you're gonna be you're held to a higher standard because now, uh, you know you've assumed the responsibility of making payments that seller, you giving them a level of comfort to be able to move on with their life. And what you do with that property is going to impact them negatively from a standpoint of you don't make payments. And that's, and you know, our attorney generals and our, legislators are not going to look at you favorably if you let something oh, no. happen in that situation. Oh, no. So the thing is, it's, like I said, it still has to fit an investment model because if you buy something at the top of the market, sometimes I've seen people that will go out and buy several properties at the very top of the market not understanding that real estate is still cyclical. Mm-hmm. So if you go buy a $150,000 house and we have a 8 to 10% 5% downturn in the market. Now you're underwater, and guess what? You still have to make payments. Every and day. that's the thing that I tell people all the time with Subject 2. You still, you're responsible for making payments. Regardless. Regardless. There's no contingency. So when you buy a property subject to, you you, you own it. And so uh, I think one of my uh, former mentors, Ron LeGrand, uh, he has a saying that he calls get the deed or get the door. And that means that basically when you go to meet the seller that you're going to have them basically deed the property to you, or you're going to hit the, hit the door. And I tell people all the time, I don't necessarily agree with that mindset because everything may not fit subject to. Mm -hmm. So if you weren't going to buy, if you had a deal that you thought was kind of wishy washy or whatever, I'm not so certain I'm going to be able to make money with this. Maybe your best option would be to do an option with that seller because now if you did it on an option then I can say this ain't working out. Mr. Seller, guess what? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah, give you this exercising. house. I'm not going to exercise my option to buy. I'm going to give you the house back. Well, when it's subject to is your baby, you got to make it work. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing I tell people. And there's a lot of little intricate type things that go on with subject two that uh, people don't realize. You know, you have problems with the insurance. You have problems with with the mortgage company sometimes. Sometimes you have problems with the seller. The seller gets mad because now, you know, it's it's Saturday morning. They're sitting on the car lot trying to buy a Yukon. And the person comes out and tell them, well, you know, we can't qualify you because your debt-to-income ratio is too high. And it's been five years since you had their house. And now they're calling you up calling you everything but a child of God on Saturday morning because they want to get rid of the house. Yeah. right. Even
0: though you're making the payments, their debt-to-income ratio is too high. Even though you're making the payments. But you even showed me ways around that when you get that phone call. Correct. That satisfies them. And you know we'll, we'll talk about that later. Actually, that's that's going to be in your training because that's high-level type stuff you do. Right. And actually, I'm
1: going to go back to this deal we talked yeah, about. Yeah, let's, talk, let's look at that. So on this deal, uh, this is a deal uh, where property that we purchased uh, several years ago now, uh, purchased this property on a subject to for $141,560. This property sits on 10 acres of land, and you can see that property, Max. You know that in our area that that property was worth well more than what I paid for it. <laughs> exactly. And so we got the seller in this particular uh, circumstance, the seller agreed to that uh, we would pay her $30,000, and we paid her $18,000 up front and then $12,000 on a note. But we took over the property sub two at 111560 Turned around and sold it on a contract for D for two forty-four nine and got twenty-six thousand dollars down. And then if you look at the financing, contract for deed at 8%, $21.50 per month. And but the thing I want to point out most significantly here is look at our payment. $693.95. Mm. So we're making uh 1456 per month on one property.
0: And you get to keep that. And
1: we correct. And that prop. So basically, that property is making 1456 a month positive cash
0: flow. And not only that, you own the property own, by deed. Correct. You get the tax benefits of owning a property. Correct.
1: Tax benefits.
0: So all these things. So you're taking in real cash, you're getting a tax deduction, and you're getting some equity every time you make those payments. Getting
1: equity every time I make those payments. Of course, every time they make a payment to me, I'm paying the mortgage down and spreading that gap between what's owed and, and what, what it's worth. You still own that property? Or you yes, it? we still own. We still own it. So how long have you had that one? We've had that
0: one now for, I think, about about three years now. So three years at $1,500, 1400 bucks a month.
1: You do ten of those. Where can you
0: be? <laughs> and uh, that may be all somebody ever needs. and We talked all, about happiness, right? Right. That's so maybe that all those you need. that that's crazy. That's that, better
1: than most people's social security check.
0: Absolutely, right, right there. One Just property, that one property.
1: One property. Veteran social security check. The American dream.
0: That's it. So I can, we can go on and on and on about this, these properties and these deals. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I would love to, but I know you got to get places and mm-hmm. we got to do things. Mm-hmm. But what, what do, what do most people do there? Take me for example. What would you advise me? Use me as a case study. I got a wholesaling company. We make over a million dollars each year. What, would, what should be my game plan? Because there's a lot of people in my audience that also are in the pathway that I'm in right now. Right. What
1: should I be doing? What should you be doing? And I'm going to go back again, and you know I'm going to go to. The so guy's a walking PowerPoint presentation. What actually I always tell you, <laughs> and what I tell you is this, is that for you, where you're at, uh, the wealth building component of real estate comes from what you own. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can flip and make all the money that you're making and all that's fine. But when all you do is flip, then this guy that's on the screen is a silent partner in your business. Mm -hmm. Okay, and he's smiling just as much as you smiling. And so the whole goal is is we want to keep him from smiling so rapidly or smiling so much. And so what you need to do is what I tell people to do is that think about it from this perspective. Um, You want to build multiple streams of income in what we do. Yeah. And so, and the other thing about it is that is when you tie yourself into just one niche, nothing wrong with it. And I'm not downplaying wholesaling at all, but you know, real estate is cyclical, and I've been through some cycles now, mm-hmm. and I can tell you that back. Give you a prime example back in um, 2004, 2005. Anybody could that could fog up a mirror could buy a house.
0: <laughs> so anybody that was breathing,
1: anybody that was breathing could buy a house. And so we used to have, right here in our city, right here in Winston-Salem, we used to have uh, real estate investment lunch meetings. And there would be no meeting, I mean, we would have meetings where we would have 75 to 90-something people plus at a lunch meeting. Mm -hmm. And a good percentage of those were wholesalers. Well, when the market turned in 2007, 2008, and you couldn't sell property property so readily, guess what? All the wholesalers kind of disappeared. Now, don't get me wrong. I know that somebody's making money in any market. I don't care what the market is. Worst market you think is going on, somebody's making some money. But what I saw is that most people that were wholesaling ended up out of the game, now, and most now, of the time because it didn't have that? a plan. Well,
0: wait, okay. Yeah.
1: D- didn't have a plan. Number one, and part of it was it, it became a little bit harder to wholesale because you you know it, there was a shortage of of qualified buyers and the ability to get financing to purchase. Mm-hmm. So you weren't able to sell property so readily as it was when people, like I said, could fog who could fog up a mirror could get a house, and so what I go to and what I'm always referring to, and I actually have an ebook about this. It's called uh, uh, "Multiple Streams of Income in Real Estate." And so if you look at what I'm uh, projecting now, uh, that's how I model my business, and I I would recommend that most people because you you. If we're marketing like like you teach and like you tell people to do and you're doing all your uh, driving for dollars and deal machine and all the stuff that we do, you're going to find properties that fit each and every one of these buckets that I have depicted in front of you right Mm -hmm. now. And so if you look at this model here, uh, that multiple streams of income bracket at the top representing you, then you have cash flow coming from all of those different sources but if you look on the left side of it, everything highlighted in yellow, that means that those are those all have cash con- I mean tax consequences. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so the whole thing that you want to do is you want to to do something on the right side. That's the rentals, and the lease options and things of that nature. Those things are the wealth building component of this business. So the wealth building component comes from what you own. So for you, where you're at right now, I would tell Max Maxwell, you need to be looking at Holding some property, particularly maybe you want to look at some commercial properties, some strip malls, some apartments. Those are the things that you're going to need to have because what's going to happen is if you what what you get out of holding properties is you get the ability to depreciate. So everything on that right side, if you're looking at the screen again, mm-hmm. on the right side, that's your depreciate. That represents depreciation. Every property that you own is cont- contributing to what I call that depreciation bucket. And the larger you make that depreciation bucket, depreciation is a non-cash, phantom expense. Mm-hmm. It's not real. It's not like you took real money out of pocket. So let's say, for instance, you own a house that the value is $100,000. You paid $100,000 for it. And you're able to, because of the, the what the building is valued at and what the land is valued at, let's say you have $5,000 a year just in depreciation alone. Mm-hmm. Well, that means that if you are renting for... Eight hundred dollars a month, and you had a six hundred dollar mortgage. That means you, how much money you make?
0: Two hundred bucks.
1: You you made two hundred dollars a month, twenty four hundred dollars a year. Well, if you have five thousand dollars in depreciation,
0: you actually made seventy. You, no,
1: 70. you know you had a twenty six hundred dollar loss. Right.
0: You lost you, money. You lost money. So that's what you. you know right.
1: you actually put real cash in your pocket. So, let me, but you lost so, money.
0: So let me let me ask you this question on paper because you, you're going into detail right here. Right. Let me ask you this question. Okay. If you were running for president in twenty twenty, mm-hmm. and we asked you to show your taxes. Would you show your taxes? I would show my taxes. And what would it show? How many taxes you paid? It, the it, last-
1: it, it would. It would show. Uh, it would show what it would it Show zero. But, but 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 not necessarily. Effectively, you might end up with zero because. Uh, but, that, but that's a true right, thing.
0: Right. Real estate. The reason why. People are upset of Donald Trump, and he doesn't want to show his things because he actually ain't paid taxes in a long time because he uses the rule book. The rule book. He knows the rules absolutely, and he hasn't because he owns so much real estate. He hasn't had to pay taxes because he's filled up his depreciation bucket.
1: Correct. Correct. And you do the same thing. Correct. When you have that bucket sitting there filled up like that, hey, and and look, it because that depreciation, all of those losses are offset income. So that means that let's just say we're talking about that depreciation bucket again. Let's just say you have a depreciation bucket that's, just make it simple, $100,000 of depreciation. Every year you know you have $100,000 of depreciation come January 1. That means you can go out pretty much literally and sell up to $100,000 of wholesales and assignments and, and have never, zero cash consequence.
0: And pay zero tax consequence. Right.
1: And so, again, it goes back to it's not what you make, it's what you, what keep. you keep. Ultimately, it's what you keep. And that goes back again to the nose, because most of the time for most of us, you know, particularly people that get into this business and don't educate themselves, you go out and flip a lot of houses and you, you know, you're, you're rocking and rolling with your assignments and your wholesales and all that. And then what? Matter of fact, next week, next week don't is April 15th. Me.
0: Don't remind me.
1: April 15th. Uncle doom, Sam. Doomsday. Uncle Sam's going to want his part of the partnership. And then you like I said, you know, vacation over. It's up, it's up on the screen now. You know, you because because now you're gonna find out that you have a tax consequence to all those sales that you had. Mm-hmm. And Uncle Sam is want his he wants his money right
0: now. So luckily to you, last year I was able to hold on some properties because you made me come up with a goal, and I think I did one in seven. So every seven wholesale deals, I want to buy a property. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the the goals you made me come up with. Luckily, I don't have enough to offset everything I've earned in 2018, but I'm going to be doing better than I did in the year before and hopefully better in next year and so on and so forth. Right. Um, so th- these, but these there's
1: other strategies and some of that stuff, you know, uh, Max, you know, we've talked about it time, you know, s- several times is that there's, you know, there's ways to develop, to, to implement other companies and, 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 and That's basically company structure, comp- yeah, you go back to your company structure again. And so basically in some cases, you know, you might be taking money out of right pocket and funding left pocket, but, in both cases, your pockets. It's your pockets. Right. And, and, th- and that's the those are, thing.
0: Those are advanced stuff. I mean, right. I mean you're talking some. Right, some, right. These, so, guys, this is what I have at my disposal. I have these type of things <laughs> because making money is not all what it cracked up to be. It's actually how much you keep. And the only thing that's ever kept me up besides bad real estate deals and and, and, and stuff like that in the last two years has been that one man named Uncle Sam. Can't find him. Can't see him. But I know he's coming. Coming coming in the shadows. Coming in the shadows. He's coming in the shadows. So I I don't want to keep you here too much longer because I can we can just talk for on and on Mm -hmm. and on. Um over, over the last year I've kind of forced you into doing some things that you probably wouldn't have thought you were gonna do. And one of them is I wanted not only because I surround myself with great real estate people that are thriving, that I wanted you to kind of package some of this stuff up and be able to Teach me, mm-hmm. and through doing that and other coaching students you have and all other stuff, I wanted you to do like a workshop just on trust and sub two, correct? And something that and and and, and more people. When I put it out there on my personal Facebook, just to my personal friends, mm-hmm. about fifteen people were like I want in because when you start making money, and it's best to do it before you start making money right. or when you're right at that brink, right? Is to learn. Sub twos one that adds a new belt. So when I talk about people asking me about sub two training, I get it from you. Mm-hmm. Um, trust is how you protect your assets right. and how you actually transact some do, some deals as well, right? You do it through trust, correct? Um, so you're doing a workshop uh, May 18th and 19th right. in Charlotte. I, I'm actually putting it on the screen now. So May 18th and 19th in Charlotte, and I'm and, and here's the thing I'm going to be there as a student, okay. Um, well, you need to be there. Yeah, yeah. I, no, you,
1: you've been doing them, but I want you to fully understand. Yeah,
0: them. I've been doing them, and every time you do them, and you say, mm, "If you would have done this, you still you can get sued right here." Let's <laughs> right, go change this. Right. So, you're doing that workshop uh, May 18th, 19th in Charlotte. Yes. Um, it's 9.97, and this is not. You guys know I never leave a podcast with a sales pitch. This is because I'm actually going to this class. And I know uh, – I think and Crystal, be, Dedrick, and Dedrick and Crystal, they're going to so be – Dedrick and – Dedrick and Crystal are coming. I think Brian and Brian Rigbo is going to yeah, be there. Coming. So I don't want to – you just heard who's coming. I think even Christina might be there. Mm-hmm. This is a class where all the people you guys look up to, we're going to be there learning <laughs> from the guys. So I don't know if that's just a value in itself, but right. I will be there as a student. I learn every day, but I right. will be there learning um, – so the, the the class is about trust and sub two
1: right, and basically you know I'm put illustrating it on the mm-hmm. sc- screen now. We're going to talk about land trusts, what they are, and how to use them. Talk about all the different asset protection mechanisms out there to help you protect your yourself because you know. When you're in this business, you're a target. I mean, mm-hmm. people think, particularly if you're a landlord, people think that you own all those properties. They think you're rocking and rolling. Um, estate planning, we'll talk about living trust. We're going to talk about the sub-two concept. And this is going to be a two-day actual it workshop. It be two days. Two days. Two days. We're going to dive in deep uh there's not going to be a bunch of frills and bells and whistles guys we, this is a workshop okay. so for those that are coming come prepared so this, this to work this is no conference this th- is a real th- this, right you're going to you're going to actually when you leave you're going to have the paperwork you're going to have paperwork that you can use uh in your businesses to be able to do the transactions you're going to actually be able we're going to go through and you will complete and actually fill out the forms in the training so this is an actual training deep dive workshop okay
0: so, and so you're gonna be hosting this at the embassy Suites hotel on South Triumph Boulevard in Charlotte it's gonna be uh May 18th and, and 19th and May 18th and 19th Saturday all and day
1: Sunday.
0: all day Saturday all day Sunday all day, so get there Friday right uh you can find out more information on mr Robinson's website is Houseway the number two wealth so houseway the number two wealth.com um and you got he's got uh, here's what here's what I want you to do if you've learned anything just from this thing itself, I want you guys to go out and get his ebook. Um fire. Now I know everybody's got an ebook out there, but this is coming from the guy that is my guy. You know, this is the guy that's the closer's guy. So you need to go out and and find that book. He's got a book called Multiple Streams of Income and it's it's a great ebook. It's on his website. Personally, I've got a copy, couple copies. It's only 24 bucks. Just start there. Uh, here's what I don't want you to do. Don't just be calling Mr. Robinson <laughs> and asking how to run ARVs and comps because he's way beyond that. That's what my YouTube channel is for. This is my goat. So I'm giving you guys access to things that would cost you thousands of dollars, which you do have personal mentorship right. um, as well that you have within the group sessions. Right. But if you're making money in this business right now as we speak, or if you're on the cusp and you're doing one or two deals a month, I wish I would have prepared myself with this Sub2 workshop. And not only that, the trust stuff. And I'll tell you why. The, the, the day you gave me training on Sub2, I made $12,000 on a deal that I could could not structure before Correct. in my tr- traditional tool belt, the mm-hmm. way of just wholesaling. So mm-hmm. I personally want to thank you because you got me on this path This You know, I'm changing my family tree. I'm able to do stuff for my family. Uh, And not only that, I'm actually able to go out on YouTube and visit cities and tell people it's possible and what to do. and, and, And not out, I don't have to be out there selling. All types of stuff to get them there, mm-hmm. but to get through the door, and once they get through the door, and they start making money, you're the guy they got to come see to make sure you stay, you get wealthy. Because there's a difference.
1: Well, yeah, there's a difference. And the one thing, and we actually didn't mention this. I, hopefully, they can see my board on here. It, yeah. it, you know, most of you, have, uh, for those people that have heard me speak before, yeah, they can see I, this board. Then I'm always talking about this board, and what I tell people all the time is that this board is a, this board represents your microeconomy. And so, what I, you know, it's good that you're a wholesaler and all that good stuff. But eventually, at some point in time, you should have a plan to own some real estate. And so, basically, if you look at this particular board, it looks like someone is playing the game because you see houses depicted on the board. And that's the thing that you want to strive for, and that's the thing that you want to do. And so, that's the thing that gives you the ability to offset taxes, to tax consequences, as well as build wealth. Remember, the wealth, the, the wealth building component comes from what you own not from what you sell. You get wealthy with what you own. So just remember that. And I am pr- I just want to say, Max, I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of all the stuff that you've done and the stuff that you achieved. I mean, you are like, I mean, I'm, it's just amazing. I sit back and just shake my head sometimes, you know, because you know I'm not on yeah. YouTube. I'm not on in social media around most of the time. But when I go out there and I see you, you and Tony and the things that you are doing and the hope.
0: Yeah, that we're giving. That to.
1: you're giving to people. I think that's more important. That's, that's the most important thing. That's, that's what invigorated me, not the fact that you're doing well. It's that you're doing well and that because you're doing well, you're sowing a seed in other people. Mm-hmm. And like so, so, like I said, when we were in We Live in Dallas the other week, To when I walked out on that stage and I had you come up there and I told you, look out here. Mm-hmm. Look at what you've done. Yeah. To, to, to have you, I mean, to look out there and see that from knowing little to nothing, to to bring these people along on your journey as you were learning, and this is you the, you the king of the stuff now you're the king of the whole stuff. I
0: wouldn't say that.
1: I'm I'm, I'm saying you are. <laughs> hey, you are. Look, I don't know of anyone that I can think of that's doing any more or better than what you're doing, and have achieved with achieved what you've achieved in a shorter time period. So yeah, take credit for that. I'm gonna say God 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 is with
0: you. For sure, I believe God that is with you. God is with you. And Definitely God is on my side. He's working God is with devil. you. God is blessing
1: <laughs> with you. blessing you, and you know you're blessed to be a blessing. Yeah. You are blessed to be a blessing. I, I think that so,
0: that's what fires me up every day. You know, I time block where half of my day is spent on real estate, well more than half, and then the other rest of the day is spent on creating content for real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, but that fires me up when I get those inboxes of people changing their lives and being able to do this for the family and, and that and all that stuff. So yeah, I'm with you hundred percent. It's a lot. It's a, it's a burden. Some days I, some days I'd be like, man, this is too much. Hey, but then I realize it's not about yeah. me anymore. You know what it
1: says too yes. much is given much is required. And I
0: agree. So I, I have one more question and then we'll tell people where they can find you at. Okay. I made a video about gentrification mm-hmm. the other day, mm-hmm. viral. It went on. It's, it's, it's a subject that comes up a lot in the black community. Um, First of all, what is your take on that? Like, what is gentrification, first, in, in your in your definition? Because there's, there's I don't think there's, there might be an actual real definition of it, but the way it's passed around, I don't think there's a great definition of it. Not saying that you got the great one, but what is your take on it?
1: Typically, it, it you know, I, I look at it as where, well, I, I know how it's perceived. Yeah. Uh, pr- pretty much in the African-American community, it's, it's perceived as, other individuals coming in, buying up property and buying whatever, and basically uh, we're getting p- moved out.
0: They're changing
1: the Change, makeup changing of the, the neighborhood. Changing the makeup of neighborhoods.
0: By putting more expensive, less affordable housing in the area mm-hmm. that once was pretty much all affordable and all All that.
1: affordable or was dilapidated. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Washington, D.C., where I come from. Big, and the, the, prime big, example. Prime example. I mean, I've got some areas where... You know, even as an African American kid growing up, there was areas where like, oh man, I ain't going down there. You know, it's just that bad. And now you go there uh, when the when the kids my age got older of age, mm-hmm. they didn't think their homes were worth anything. So now you sold them to someone else that comes in and fixes them up, and now they're worth millions, and you sold them for
0: so question to you about nothing. that because i'm i'm really i this is a this is an everyday thing where i think about my personal opinion is that most of these neighborhoods we call black neighborhoods african american communities we don't actually own them we just been there for 50 years right
1: in most cases we're renting and if you don't own nothing you don't really have
0: too big of a voice so so i made that i made a video i don't know if you ever seen it because it's no, on I instagram haven't. and you haven't but it's only one minute so take a listen to it Marching in the streets you gotta own some shit yeah. and when you own it then they can't push you out you can sell out but they can't push you out so it's, it's it goes deep man i think that's why people really need to be like hell with whatever you think community-wise and work you have to control and own money this is a capitalist country mm-hmm. the only thing that matters the only thing that matters is money but then you also gotta say how do i gain that it's through actual education and getting your, getting your money. You can't sit at the table if you don't have no money. Just remember that. You're not a decision maker. You can protest. You can cry. You can do all you want to. But if you do not have money, they do not care. That's what it boils down to. When you learn that about this country, really the entire world, you don't have money. You're not a part of the decision making process. I don't even want to hear you. You can cry you want to. So what basically what I was saying is there is that, yeah, there is gentrification, 100%. Mm-hmm. By any, most people's definition, there is. There's systematic things on how we get pushed out. Right. But I think the most important thing for us is, and I see it a lot myself, is when I'm buying properties, I'm starting to realize that, first of all, we don't own enough to make decisions. And when you really look at the black and white picture, not, no, not race, but just a black and white picture of the people that make decisions in this country are wealthy they mm-hmm. own things right Pro- they pay property taxes right the more properties you own the more push you have in general in right. any city right if you pay f- 6% of all the county's property taxes you can go to city hall and make some noise right right so what i said in that video is we have to start owning things yes. stop letting grandma's house go right um stop renting just because you live in that Now I'm not saying doing that tomorrow, but just because you've lived there for 60 years don't mean that's yours. Right. You know, so we have to start owning things and we do that through educating ourselves. So, and I don't care where you are so you don't get pushed out.
1: Right. And I, and I, and I agree with that. I believe, you know, I believe that there's a combination of things that we have to do. We have to, we definitely have to strive to own, uh, because you know, when you own something, you have a, you have something to say, (laughs) (laughs) you know, because if you, I mean, you said it, I, I can't, I can, as you were saying something about people renting, I have some family members that, you know, been renting for since I was a kid.
0: Still renting. You know, so
1: 50 something years, you know, and you're still renting. And so, you you know, and so, and and if that landlord tells you that he needs you out at the end of the month, you got to go.
0: It ain't your neighborhood. It's not your
1: neighborhood. So, yes, you definitely have to own something. I believe that we still have to be a part of organizations and groups so that. You have to have the ability to get it and have a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. I learned that as we talked earlier uh, when I was speaking about the legislative stuff. Uh, we had to have a seat at the table.
0: Do you think you would have had a seat at the table as a broke man that didn't own anything? No.
1: wouldn't have. I wouldn't have a seat. <laughs> y- 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 so, yes, you're you you going to have to have a little bit. <laughs> you, you're going to have to have a few dollars. So
0: just, I mean, and, and I don't say it in a negative way. We just have to change the way we're thinking. Right. And I'm all race, all colors. We just have to change the way we think about how we make our money. And if we're angry about something, the way to fix it is to be embedded in it and to own it and then you can make those decisions moving forward on maybe not your generation, but the things that can affect right, the next generation. Right.
1: Pass pass on to your children and yeah. your children's children. And so the whole thing is again, uh, gotta build wealth. Yeah. And when you build wealth, definitely you you're able to call more shots than you can broke for sure.
0: Yeah. So before we get out of here, just a word of wisdom to anybody listening to this. Um Anything you want to say, any departing words to people, encouragement or or actions or whatever. The
1: the, the biggest thing that I always say to people is just believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. Believe that God has a bigger plan and vision for your life than what someone else sees in valuing you by what they're willing to pay you. Mm-hmm. I, that, that's it. I mean, I I just tell people all the time because it it just breaks my heart sometimes just to see people that are stuck in situations where they feel like, you know, this is a dead end, but I'm just going to be content with Mm -hmm. be content in it. So stop being content. You know, this stuff that's going on, just like if it's not real estate, there's something out there for you. You know, the Max Maxwell story can be your story. It doesn't have, and it doesn't have to be to the magnitude of Max Maxwell, but there's venues out there for you to tap into. There's something to do besides exchanging hours for dollars and being in that 95 percentile, um, know, that won't be able to take that won't be able to take care of themselves. At so, 65. Uh, so the thing I tell people is like I said, God has a bigger vision and plan. I usually call it. See, when 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 somebody when you know the statistics, mm-hmm. once you've been educated, now you're responsible. And so, what I would say, my departing shot would be like this: Today is everybody's halftime,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because of the information that you, was shared to you today. Today is your halftime. You went in the locker room. You got chewed out or whatever. Tomorrow is your new day. So you can go out and make a difference. Yeah. So I encourage everybody to go make a difference.
0: So we know you don't have Instagram. You don't even get on Facebook.
1: I do have an account now. People have been setting me on, up. I'm on a, Instagram? I got an Instagram account in the last two weeks. I, I don't even know I what got, it is. I, what is it? I, 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 don't, I don't either. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, I'll
0: follow you right H2W now. H2W Mentor, I believe it is. Let me check this out. Because if that's the case, Tony I'm going to give Bob's you a show. A mentor, what, it, what it's called. I have to call your wife and get it. Huh? <laughs> yeah,
1: she probably knows. But I'm going to I'm gonna do better with that. You done made me have to go out
0: here and... Because it's, and, it's and good to be able to... I can't find it. I don't know where it is, but I know ex- I know where, where we can get a hold of you. <laughs> uh, uh, and get a hold of you is Houseway2Wealth.com. Houseway and that's a number two. So Houseway2Wealth.com. Go there. All his information is there. His upcoming uh, workshop that I'm going to actually be a student at. Brian Rigman was going to be a student at um talking about sub two and workshops is gonna be there. It's fire, it's in Charlotte, May eighteenth through nineteenth. And then I guess once you get an Instagram, we'll put it on that website so people can follow you. Okay. And then when you do get one, I'll I'll shout you okay. out. But you know, I appreciate you being here. This has been a long time in the making. Mm-hmm. Um I'm happy we can get this done. Um so appreciate it. Okay. And uh that's the end. All we're
1: at right. I appreciate you too. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to the Wholesaling Houses Elite Podcast with Max Maxwell. Make sure to tune in next week to see what elite wholesaler will have in
1: the hot seat.